0: Hi, and welcome to Voice of the Artist Dance Edition, where we're listening to the thoughts and perspectives of dance artists and dance professionals through and beyond their creative work. I'm Sandy Rosine, Creative Director at Bez Arts Hub, and we're glad you've joined us. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Voice of the Artist Dance Edition. And we are excited today to have a dance veteran, which, you know, there's not a whole lot of dance veterans that exist. (laughs) Um, And uh, we have Susan Willett today. Um, My co-host Danielle Harvey is with us. And we are really excited to hear all that Suzanne has to say today just about Um, the evolving dance world, dance career, having a a sustainable lifelong dance career, which you've had. Um, But I'm just gonna do a quick intro of who you are. You're originally from Vancouver, again, a very rare thing. Not everybody's been born and bred in Vancouver. Suzanne is a well known Canadian dance and theatre, is well known in the Canadian dance and theatre community. She's performed on stage and screen as an actor, a dancer, singer for over 40 years. Um, she is a master ballet teacher, a stretch and body conditioner for dancers and actors, and is a well-established choreographer. Like that, that is a lifetime of everything. That's pretty remarkable. Um, but I would love to know from you, Suzanne, welcome. We're glad Thank to have you, you on welcome. the podcast. Um, Thank you. And I'd love to know where it all started. How did you end up in this trajectory for a lifetime of, of dance and musical theater.
1: Oh, well, thank you for inviting me to talk. It's very exciting. (laughs) Um, It's a difficult one. uh, I was thinking how to explain how it all started. um, Because, uh, uh, Everybody has a different uh, venue, a different um, path in their journey. And uh, I must admit, I didn't expect to be around this long and still be doing what I do. <laughs> um, and I love veteran. I thought, oh, I don't know how I feel about that word. Um, but... Uh, we can I say
0: expert. In... Expert? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Okay, okay.
1: Um, I started in Vancouver as a, a, a dancer, I think mainly because... Um, it just my mom put me into dance like a lot of uh, young girls do and um, I had a tremendous passion for it Um, it was very challenging for me as well and I guess for me that was um, where I excelled is uh, the challenge of trying to be the best that I possibly could be Mm -hmm. and um, it wasn't easy because Mm -hmm. at the time that um, I was training, especially here in Vancouver, there wasn't a lot to offer, and my... parents were really concerned about me leaving home. I mean, I did all the uh, national ballet program auditions and things and got accepted to a lot of programs, but I was never allowed to go. Uh, So when I did eventually get to go, which was right on the year that I graduated, I just took off like Mm -hmm. a trajectory. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to go to Europe. I knew that was where I primarily wanted to go. So I auditioned for a school in Portugal and, um, and then I sort of didn't come home for quite a while Mm. I wandered through different areas I danced in Portugal and I danced in England and then I ended up in Stuttgart and the reason I ended in Stuttgart is because I knew somebody from here Reed Anderson who was dancing there Mm. and um, I I knew that that was a a wonderful company not at the time because of social media now you can you can literally uh, google them now at that time there wasn't anything like that or you had to make that that journey there, and I have tons of stories of things that I did and um, ways that I got around Europe and navigated my way around Europe as a seventeen year old, um, wow. and ended up in Stuttgart. So. I think primarily what happened when I was there is I realized what dance was all about. I mean, it was an incredible place to be, especially at that time. And I started realizing, um, and have realized throughout my whole career, the people that you work with as you start out and, 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 and gain momentum are the people that usually you stay uh, involved with for the rest of your life. Mm. So those friendships, those, um, those mentorships are so important. And um, I I reached a point when I was in Europe, I think I just wanted to come back to an English-speaking country, and I didn't know what that was going to be. So I had a couple of options, and I ended up choosing Winnipeg. Uh, When I came back to Winnipeg, it wasn't the best time, I think, for uh, me to be in Winnipeg. However, uh, being the type of person I am, which I'm very uh, optimistic about life. Um, I knew there must be something maybe for me in Winnipeg that I could discover, Mm. and I discovered Theater, and I started taking night school classes and I started doing musical theatre. I think, uh, you know, I had kind of dabbled uh, here in Vancouver when I was younger with some, you know, doing theatre under the stars in the summertime and things like that. And um, when I was in Winnipeg, um, we were asked to perform as sort of the dancing ensemble of Rainbow Stage, which is a professional musical theatre. And again, the mentorship of some of those people that I was surrounded by Um, and I still am dear friends with, um, sent me in this (laughs) double pathway because I love them both. Hmm. And so I thought, well, why can't I do both? Hmm. Well, yes, you can. It's challenging. But, however, I think that that created the ability for me to have that longevity. Hmm. Um, Because if the dance uh, in the classical ballet world didn't work, then I turned to the other side. I took voice lessons, acting. I mean, I trained as hard in other areas mm. as I did in my ballet. Mm. And that's um, that's a big one for people to realize. Um, mm. Sometimes I watch young dancers uh, or they'll say to me, I think I'm just going to maybe start singing. And I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> I think it takes as long to be a really good singer, Almost as long as it takes to be a good ballet dancer. It's nice. a it's a lot of training. Yeah. Um, same with acting, you know. And I it's um, it's exciting to be able to sit in two worlds, um, and I feel very fortunate that uh, I've been able to make such a career in both areas.
0: Yeah, so that is remarkable. That's remarkable. Mm, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can go on to the next question here, Danielle, because uh, uh, I think this is an interesting territory that we'd love to... about have. her family yeah. or well, about oh, her I've career. got the, okay. the methodology part. Oh, I, I saw I've that. Ah, yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So basically, um, our question is: What is your methodology behind your practice as a performer? And your uh, like teaching practice, so it's kind of oh, a two sided question.
1: <laughs> it is, and it also is different. Um, I, I would say it's—I shouldn't say it's different. There's different aspects of it depending on 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 where I am and what I'm working on or who I'm working with. Um, and I think uh, my main thing is is the methodology is to show up present work hard, um, be open, um, be accepting. um, And uh, we all have big emotions. We all have things that happen that are disappointing or not quite going the way that we want. Um, And I think it's really important for me, because I'm still performing, that I have to remember that about myself because I get terribly down on myself. I beat myself up sometimes when I feel like uh, I've taught a class and I come out of the class and I think, oh, that wasn't the greatest. I could have done better. I could have, Mm -hmm. you know, I I, I find that um, for me it's important to try and touch every single person in that room somehow and have them buy into what they need to do to make a career in this um, occupation that we're we're striving to be in, um, and it's not easy. It's it's a it's a not an easy profession. So to make light of it sometimes, the, it's a it's a balance trying to figure out uh, to joke with them and to encourage them, but at the same time get them to understand that that they need to work harder or they 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 need to do better or they need to be more present. Or yes, you're tired, but. Okay, you're here. You've got an hour and a half. You've got to, you know, make it work for yourself, and you'll be better for it. So there's, okay. uh, there's a, it's constantly evolving for me. My, my methodology as a teacher, as a performer, uh, as an actor. Uh, it, it, there's all sorts of things that I keep striving for and changing and and evolving and, you know, li- talking to people and
2: yeah. Thank you for sharing that because, like, it's so easy. And, like, this is just from my own personal experience. You feel like you always have to be just, like, your best self always in front of everybody. But, mm-hmm. like, you then leave the class after and you're like, oh, my gosh, I could have done that better. Exactly. That person rolled their eyes at me. That person, like, yeah. did this. There's the you know, whatever. And it, it lasts a lifetime sometimes. It follows you as you go. Oh. And, right? Oh, absolutely. Regret.
1: I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I
2: mean,
1: oh, absolutely. I mean, I think some people will look at me and think, you know, well, she's established and, uh, you know, she comes on very um, uh, put together and knowledgeable Mm -hmm. and that. But I also have my. Concerns about things, um, whether it be like I said is teaching not being able to reach someone and wanting mm-hmm. to or, or feeling that they've left feeling deflated, how do I sort of feel about that? It does touch us we're all artists, so we're all yeah. have those those like I said big emotions and big feelings, which is I think partly why we do what we do but also why we're good at what we do mm-hmm. as well because we're trying to c- consistently tap into those so
2: sure. Mm-hmm. It's such a balance, right? Oh. Constant. Constant, constant <laughs> yeah. evolving balance. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in line with what you were saying, it just like for some reason I had like legacy come up in my head. Um like what do you feel about your legacy? What do you want your legacy to be as time goes on?
1: Oh my gosh. I know, it's <laughs> a huge the question. question I, was <laughs> I know. <laughs> um uh I I mean My legacy. Oh my gosh. I am. I mean, you know, I, my legacy is people that I've worked with and trained. I'm not really training dancers anymore. I mean, over the past eight years, I've kind of pulled back from that. Um, I've decided to put a lot more effort into training myself as an artist, as a, an actor, I've evolved into also voiceover, which has been really exciting for me. Um, Uh, being married to an incredible actor, voiceover artist, it never was something, voiceover was not on my radar. And then all of a sudden it became something because I think, um, uh, I mean, I'm getting away from legacy because I don't really know. (laughs) That's okay. To to be honest, but um, uh, that I made a difference, I guess, in people's life, whether it be as a dancer, whether it be as a a person, uh, just someone who, was kind and, and encouraging and accepting. I think that's a, a, big, a big thing that I learned through my career, uh, especially as a ballet dancer. Um, it isn't always uh, the most um, accepting profession, physically especially, things that you have absolutely no control over. You cannot change. <laughs> I mm. cannot be five foot nine. Yeah. Uh, it's just it just isn't going to happen. So there's uh, trying to uh, help uh, young. I shouldn't say I don't want to just say dancers, but young people accept who they are. And uh, mm-hmm. I love uh, the ones that have gone and had careers. That's fabulous. The other ones that have become doctors. I have my financial advisor is one of my students, and she's oh that's great. I mean, <laughs> she's huge, and she writes books, and she's mm-hmm. she's made such a name for herself, and and. Always comes back saying it's it's because of some of the things that I instilled in her as a young mm-hmm. performer that helped her uh, with her with her um, profession that she's in things like that you know I think is uh, the legacy I guess that I want. That's to beautiful.
0: Leave. I love it. That's right Yeah. Like yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> well, and that's that's such a good good word, Suzanne, because. I, I've actually just this week been been sitting down with a bunch of pre-professional dancers and and talking about kind of goal and direction of life. and um what I was very pleased with is how many ended up with um their goals as being that whole thing of contributing to other people and what that is for them and how important that is for them. Okay. And I okay. feel like I feel like. Um, the the frustrating thing as a young dancer is that your goal is to be the best dancer. Like that kind of is the mm-hmm. singular goal, and I feel like it's it's um, it fails us pretty quickly. That that mm-hmm. as being our main ambition in life or our desire for legacy is to have been the best dancer. It, that actually is it's um, uh, it's frail. It's uh, it mm. disappears pretty easily. Um, it's very small. It's very there's so and much, very yeah, small. There's so much yes. more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's wonderful to hear um, because I I think it's a, it's a very important point because again too also injuries and all those kinds of things that can cut short careers. What you know? What still is our focus? Where are we still going after after those things happen or you don't make that company um, mm-hmm. important to understand that there's more.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Now you did touch on um, something that we did want to go into with you—the um, whole thing of, especially in the ballet world, um, that there's certain body images that that are priorities. Or um, we just kind of would love for you to delve into the whole thing of um, what you have, how you've seen dance evolve over your career. Um, or maybe, you know, summing up your perspective of the dance community when you first started versus what it's like now. Like, has there been an evolution that you've seen? Changes for the good or changes for the not good? What have What have you seen? Um, it, uh, I, I mean, I think it, there's ebbs and flows.
1: Um, I think sometimes I, I think it's on a more positive uh direction and then it sort of segues and I hear things and it goes backwards again Mm -hmm. so I would say definitely ebbs and flows um uh I think um one of the I, I mean like I said I try to look for things that are more positive I think one of the more positive aspects is the world has opened more, so we are looking at uh, the training aspect of young dancers. We're looking a lot more with the with the physical training. We're we have got we've got Pilates, we've got yoga, we've got gyrokinesis, we've got gyrotonics. We've, we, there's a plethora of uh, things open to a young dancer to uh, take their weakness and and. And work on their weakness and 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 help them level that off, um, because that's where uh, the body imbalance comes in as a dancer, and where the injuries like if if a young dancer is training and if somebody had said to me um, because of my long torso and my spine, I'm probably going to end up with lower back problems. So let's address that and let's have let's do some you know like off off studio training we have that we also have a lot of mental health professionals we have wonderful uh, people that are coming on board studios that are bringing them in and offering that we never had anything like that Mm -hmm. we searched that out within our group of people who possibly had that strength and a lot of times like I said maybe went into being a sports psychologist eventually Mm -hmm. after their death. So we would talk to this person uh, after class, and they were always good at at helping us. I was always really, really aware of bodies because um, I was susceptible from a very young age, consistently had injuries. And the injuries at that time uh, for the way that we were trained is you just sucked it up and you just push through it, which of course now is you know we know not to do that. And um, it it really I think what it did for me is it definitely made me a stronger. I can I can handle the um, the pain or push through it, but it didn't do my aging body um, any help. I am mm. struggling still with probably things that could have been prevented early on in my career, if, if somebody had addressed it and not told me just to push through it. Right. But on the flip side of that, uh, mentally made me very strong and able to handle a lot of, of what was thrown at me at that time. There was a lot of body shaming, there, there was lots, there was a lots of, of um, uh, gender things going on. Um, but looking at that now, I think I think we are definitely on a more positive, uh, more accepting. Um, I am thrilled when I see enthusiastic young, young uh, humans coming into my classes, all different body types, and just going for it. Because um, it wasn't something that we saw for the longest time because they would have been kind of, pushed aside or encouraged not to go that direction. I mean, I was one of them. I mean, I definitely had times where I was uh, told that perhaps I should go into arts administration or something because I had a really good mind and perhaps I shouldn't do the dance side of it. <laughs> All it did for me is just make me want to work harder. Hmm. Um, so there are a lot of people where, and and believe me, there was a lot of times I, w- I was very deflated, but I just had that burning desire to prove them wrong Mm. Um, I just wanted to be a dancer and I was going to be the dancer maybe not quite the dancer I had in my mind um, but pretty darn close Mm. so I just would go for it and um, I think that is something that uh, right from the beginning in my my teaching always was accepting of everyone I Mm. I encouraged and I think that's also why Uh, when I started a musical theater program was to bring the dancers that were beautiful ballet dancers into the musical theater side for them to realize that "Mm," they either were really good or maybe not as good as those ones were that were maybe not as good in the ballet side. So they ended up accepting each other and seeing each other's strengths and Mm -hmm. going, you know, and ending ending up cheering each other on. Mm -hmm. So you would have like big groups of, ballet dancers that were kind of doing their thing and not really singing as well. And then these musical theater, you know what I mean? So it really balanced Mm -hmm. that. And I think today there's a lot of programs in a lot of the local schools uh, because I've been brought in as a musical theater teacher. I've also been brought in as a ballet teacher and I see these programs and I'm going, yes, this is what we need. We need to have them understand that it's, it's, there's a whole world for all of us in the performing Mm -hmm. aspect of it.
0: Yeah.
2: That's helpful. That's really helpful. Oh,
1: yeah. And finding your acceptance, finding yeah. your niche where you belong.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anyone that you want to like shout out, like any studios or anything like that you want to like put out there that I'm, are I'm, doing I'm, positive I'm, things?
1: Or? <laughs> well, I'm careful. I'm, I'm careful yes. to, of that because I feel like. Um, you know, yes, there's definitely some fantastic studios. I mean, we're lucky in Vancouver now. I mean, when I was dancing, I think there was three uh, or <laughs> four studios. But now we have, like I said, but each of them, I feel, has their niche. Each of them has mm-hmm. their strengths. And I do feel that uh, as a as a, a teacher and also, also as a mother, it's really important to um, – Talk to people. Um, I get approached a lot. What would I suggest? Go and talk to the people. It's like anything to see if you fit. If you mm-hmm. fit with their methodology, if you fit with their their demeanor, if you if you you like their program, if you see them on the stage, or whatever. I mean, there's you, you have, like I said, you've got the social media. So um, there's there's that always that opportunity to to just check them out, yeah. not like we had before. You can, yeah. same with companies, same with schools, same with colleges, same mm-hmm. with universities. There's all sorts of ways of, of um, Googling them and, and listening to uh, online classes that they've taught different teachers, different principals in the program, uh, people who have graduated, people who are working profession, professionals that have been in those programs. Hear what they have to say about the program. Does it fit with you? Mm-hmm. Does it Does it feel good to to what your needs are? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, there, there. It's It's an open ended book.
0: Now. Yeah. Well, and to make note, we were going to talk with you about you know being a mom. Um, what mm-hmm. your advice would be? So you've given us some of that. Yeah. i think I think it's really important for parents to also recognize because Danielle and I have had lots of conversations about this, is that it might fit those studios or those that training might fit you as a parent, but it may not fit your kid mm-hmm. and and that's also a really important dynamic because I think the kids that are suffering in a lot of these um, really high intensity programs are the sensitive kids. And and very often they're the ones that um, keep sucking it up, keep sucking it up, and then they have breakdowns, and they mm-hmm. you know, or their physical health starts to suffer, or um, you know. And I and I think, um, do you have do you have kids that are in dance yourself? Children that have.
1: My yeah, my youngest daughter danced okay. until she graduated. Okay, but then she. And then she said, um, she said, you know, um, to us both, um, she's watched us her whole life be artists in this uh, world. And she said, I don't think I want to do that. Mm. So there was two sides of that. Of course, I was very disappointed. She was a beautiful dancer. And I was I was like kind of, you know, hoping that she might go this specific way. But also on the other side of it, quite relieved That she wasn't going to have to go through the, I think because I knew her mentally, it's just so difficult. You have to be ready and you have Mm -hmm. to really want it to kind of navigate. And I love, Sandy, what you said about what's good for the parent is not necessarily good for the child. I think a lot of times parents, because of what our life is, we try to find uh, places that are close that we can get to them quickly mm-hmm. they can bus there right. um uh, the the hours work for our schedules i know uh many people in that um have that reasoning behind them um and so that's a difficult one but pay to pay attention to what's happening with your child uh really it's that that's a very it's very it's like school it's like any even the education system trying to navigate with especially very sensitive um, children, trying to figure out what's best for them and, and try to be an advocate for them and mm-hmm. try to help them pull back when you, you can see them heading down a path that's not so great, getting them the help they need when they need it. Um, like I said, we, it, it is a different world now. I mean, I just was put on the bus. <laughs> And said to a studio, and got on. You know, and I remember carrying my point shoes outside my bag. So if anybody approached me that I wasn't really because it was quite late at night coming back, that I could hit them with the point shoes. Wow! So I remember things. I mean, I have lots of stories of that. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's lots of, um, but there's lots of help out there, and I think it's just finding the right help. Find like finding the right people to talk to, and uh, I get I get calls all the time from from lots of parents, parents of uh, friends that uh, say, you know, uh, what should I do about this? And I I do, I'm, try to be as, as generous and as um, kind um, and as clear as possible um, uh, to their needs. And, um, yeah, and, um, I, like, I mean, it's difficult, like I said, it is difficult to give shout-out to different programs because I do feel it totally depends on what that perf- what that young performer's needs are,
0: that's really good. Um, carry on, Danielle.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, well, Sandy and I are like major lovers of mentorship that's a huge part of I think mm. why we kind of started this whole thing and yeah. in our own lives. like Sandy to me now is kind of like a mentor, which is uh-huh. huge, and like I feel so thankful for her all the time. Um, I love our Tuesday chat, Sandy, mm, by the way, mm, <laughs> <dinner>. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, in, I guess a two-parter question as usual with me, um, did you have anyone growing up and have you become a mentor in your life? Um, uh,
1: I, I think I've had so many for mm-hmm. different reasons, um, and yeah. at different times in my life, um. For me, uh, when I came back to Vancouver, um, I was floundering a fair bit. And like I said, um, when you meet people, I had met John Elaine in Shuttgart. And uh, we we came together on the street outside a coffee shop. And I was surprised to see him here in Vancouver. He was surprised to see me. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, I don't know. And he said, do you want to be my ballet mistress rehearsal director for Ballet BC? And I was nice. like, oh, oh, my God. You know. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, <and> my whole, <laughs> well, my whole life, I thought that's what I wanted to be in that position. Mm -hmm. um so it just fell in my lap Mm -hmm. uh it was at a transitional point for ballet bc so it was a difficult time to be part of that and after a couple of years of working with the company and and um I mean it was really struggling at that time with the financial side of it and um as, as most arts organizations are um I uh decided that I was going to start a mentor program. So I started the mentor program and called it the mentor program. There wasn't anything. I mean, there wasn't Mm -hmm. anything anywhere in Canada called to do with mentorship. So I knew that's what was needed when I saw these young, wonderful dancers. I mean, we had um, like Crystal Pite was in the company at that time too. I mean, these people who had so much to offer Mm -hmm. and, and, The ones coming up uh, were, I could see them auditioning for uh, the company and not being ready and not knowing what to say. And I thought, okay, there definitely needs to be something. However, there was no finances for the program. So, of course, I did it for free right? Which is <laughs> the life of an artist, which is yeah. one of those things that we do a lot for free and have done my whole life. Um, and so I started the mentorship program. And so we started with, I think I had six or five. And it's fun because looking at those originals to see what, where they have gone, you know, a couple mm-hmm. haven't really stayed in the dance world, but most of them uh, of those first two or three years that we ran the program are definitely people that you know that are around yeah. the city and around the country doing incredible work. and um, They needed that um, ability to to see what was required of them the, to see what that next step was. Some people take that next step like that. Others need a little bit more of a background, a little bit more of a push. To, to build the confidence to be able to um, see, uh, to be open enough to, to, to address their weaknesses, to see their strengths. And also it need, some just needed a door opened hmm. for them to walk through it, for people to go, oh. So I remember my first, uh, the second year of the, the program with the same person um, was able I encourage the company to look at her for uh, to be in the company because, you know, when you're auditioning, I would sit there and I would ha- get, you know, 400 videos sent to me. And, you know, after a while, you it's just – and people – you know, I always say this to, to young dancers. It's not necessarily about that you're not good enough. It's that maybe – they need a certain height because the costumes are a certain way or the track that they have to follow has to have a certain look or you, it, there's so many variables to why you didn't get the job or why you did get the job. So mm-hmm. um, she had everything going for her that I knew uh, John wanted. And I kept sort of nudging him and saying, she's right there. She's gone through mm-hmm. our program. It's the first uh, uh, person from our program to go and go into the company. It was very exciting for that to happen. And then of course now she's got she runs a, a big school and a big program and you know, so it's just it's it's uh, so important for that mentorship. It's funny though, I ran into somebody recently who had me come in guest teach who went through the program but didn't know that I started the program. And so oh, it was really? like for her, it was like, oh, my God, I had no idea. Because, of course, once I left the program and then it became a place where they actually hired somebody and somebody oh, got paid know. to do, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, there's lots of um, Vancouver's always been a little bit of a jumping point to it because of the lack of art support, uh, financial in, in yep. Vancouver, um, there has been a lot of us that have had to galvanize a community to to get things moving. And um, it's, it, it's always very sad when I see something not make it, you know, mm-hmm. that's so. always a, a difficult, but the mentorship program didn't make it. So it, it uh. doesn't exist anymore. But um, I think it was very valuable at the time. And it was lovely to see them pop up the aspirant program and, and things like that at different companies all of a sudden they just call different names but now there's yes. so many of them now and I feel really honored that like I was the first mm. in Canada yeah there amazing it, right? so awesome it was okay. it was so needed it was so needed and still is
0: well yeah. what, just on that on that train of thought then Um, What are the common mistakes you see young professionals making as they enter the, you know, whether it's the dance industry as a professional or whether it's auditioning for companies or what, what are kind of the common mistakes that they make in, in entering into that territory?
1: Um, I don't know if I would call it mistakes that they make because I think in most cases when they audition, they feel they're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say maybe they're not quite ready. Maybe it mm-hmm. could be a a, a, a plethora of different reasons. It could be a physical, it could be they're mentally not prepared for the rejection, uh, rejection, disappointment. There's all that that goes into it. I think uh, one of the things which was not on one of your questions was a financial side of it. I mm-hmm. think a lot of them don't realize that yeah. there is a very heavy financial component to many things that they're auditioning for, hmm. and the financial side rules a lot of the reasoning behind they either get the job or don't get the job, because if you have a dancer that has a, looks at a dancer that has a possibility of having an injury or already has one, hmm. um, then they look at that and going if I hire that person, they're going to be out for part of the season. I got to watch that or. Um, I don't they don't have the money like I said earlier about changing the costume size um, changing the look Um, is that person uh, in the in I always feel with dancers they need to work on their interview they need to work on how to talk about themselves in the interview when they're called in front of them because you are selling yourself you are the, what they are buying into. And if you can't converse and make them feel confident in hiring you, they probably won't. Hmm. Because Hmm. if you're not confident in your ability, then they're not going to be very confident in putting their money into you. Hmm. So the financial side of it is very, very important. And a lot of times they just don't have the money. And it comes to the bottom line. They want you terribly. And if you want to come and dance around for free, which I did a lot of that, <laughs> which we don't a lot of people don't do anymore, but we did a lot of that. Um, it, it's going to take a while to get those jobs. They have a budget. they have to stick to that budget. and you just not the, you're just not the right fit. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot of spending the money. It's, it's the same thing as when I was younger. That hasn't changed. Um, really, it's it, you're going to have to go to those places and audition to those. It's you can put videos together, but really, it's really important if they can just physically see you.
0: Yeah,
1: and a lot of times you go to these places and. Um, you ask to take the class, or and they just say sorry. They, you know, and you've traveled to Paris, or you've traveled to Switzerland, yeah. or something. You know, mm-hmm. it is. Uh, it's a tough. It's something. There is not much I can say about that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Also, but on the flip side, a lot of it is still. I mean, not a lot, but it's still a lot of who you know and who you've worked mm-hmm. with. Yeah, and yeah. you know, like i I'm always surprised when i i mean I am being an older veteran um, sometimes <laughs> I feel like a young dancer will be dismissive of me right um, because of of uh, my age or what I do I had a young dancer once just recently um, kind of say to me that they felt that ballet was very passe and why would anybody consider um, even taking ballet and I thought, wow, I hope you don't ever audition for anything. That time. <laughs> because, um, no, not really. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel that. But I just, I thought, that's really close-minded. Um, because you need to be open to everything that's out there. You need to be open to what anybody has to offer you. And, yeah, I mean, for me, yes, there's a lot of times that people would have said something to me that I took and I mulled over and I went, eh, that doesn't really apply to me. Um, so I'm not going, not that I negate, but I'll kind of put that, I have notebooks and notebooks of, of even now, things that I write down that I'll go, I've got to remember that, I've got to remember that saying that pertains to me right now. May not pertain to me six months down the road, but right at the moment that really is, is it's talking to me right now. So that's a, a really important thing for I think um, a lot of dancers to do, get into class, train, 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 train. Yeah. In
0: everything yeah well Every and I, I would love to circle back just briefly to mm. your comment about um, if they have had injuries um, mm. that that can actually be a limiting factor to them being hired even because yeah. I feel like we have not made enough of a big deal about how hard we're pushing our young dancers I, I just talked to a young gal who's in one of one of our professional training you know key professional training programs here in Vancouver um, and she and I said you know she's 13 or 14 years old and I said so uh, and she has had a um, some knee injuries major knee injuries um, three times already oh, gosh. and yeah. and yeah. and I said so um, you know are there a lot of injuries in your program and she says oh yeah all the time everybody's injured all the time and i just felt like oh my goodness like what are we well, doing you know to these young dancers that you know i guess i guess
1: there's, there's a twofold to that one sure. one my, my immediate response just at the end of what you had to say was probably because they haven't been through what we had to go, which I was talking about, the suck it up and get on with it. So the injury, you know, an injury, we need to make sure that it's being assessed by a professional, that it actually is an injury. It's not just Mm -hmm. a sore muscle that they're having to deal with. But I do feel, yes, um, I'm very concerned about the the amount that they push. I've always, that's been going on for 20 years. I mean, the way that the training has changed is is it's very athletic. It mm. is very athletic. There's no getting around it. Certain body types can handle it. Certain body types cannot. They need to get um, assessed by someone who can help them with their uh, their extra training. On on that as well, um, there is a lot of teachers who really don't um, understand. Uh, and maybe perhaps don't have enough experience um, with different body types. So what can be pushed on one uh, uh, access of lower back and hip rotators can maybe not be. And you you need to you need to change how that works for each. And you have to approach each dancer. Um, some more gentle than others some can be pushed physically some need more time some as the bodies grow perhaps I mean because bodies don't grow straight up I mean they grow kind of like this right so so sometimes you've got one leg slightly longer than the other that perhaps maybe six months from now will not have the same but in the meantime as you've pushed it you've end up with like a labrum tear or or something to do with some structural thing um that is one of the things for me. This, this, my stretch and strength class, which I have taught like across the board to actors, young dancers, that I find it fascinating watching young dancers who, who some of them are like incredible dancers, know so little about their bodies mm-hmm. and they, they just, they just do. Um, and I, 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 a lot of times I want to say, well, how are you doing what you're doing? Because you're not really understanding how the body functions. So there's lots of, um, you know, I, I mean, we were, we were, when I went to Europe, I, I took anatomy for three years. I mean, I had, we had to understand structure. We had to understand how how we get the turnout, where the it comes from. And I think now we just we mimic we mirror we go on social media we see them turning like crazy we see them overstretching. we see all of this and we we want to be like that um you know I had an extremely flexible body my I was like Gumby which of course some of people don't know who Gumby was but anyways <laughs> Gumby is this thing that you could spread and, and um I was celebrated for that That was a huge part of why I got some of the jobs that I got because my legs and my extensions, I love to jump. However, between the, the jumping and the flexibility, ended up with these issues that I'm still dealing with right now as I I get older. And so I I I always have this little saying that I joke with at the beginning of my stretch class when it's younger dancers, with great flexibility comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. Because you need to understand if you have this, you got to have this. Mm -hmm. You can't be like that because... The, the strength. So, it, you know, in, in my ballet class at uh, end of stretching at the bar, we do um, a little body conditioning. And I always love when I get a bunch of younger performers come into the class, like I had last night, and we get to that part and I can see them look around like, she wants us to do what? Um, she wants us to do pushups. Is anybody else doing them? Of course, and everybody who's been in my class, so it's off they go when they're doing the push-ups, and you can see their faces going, "Oh no, I have to do," it. and they can't. Uh, most of the time, they can't do a push-up,
0: hmm.
1: but they're still doing all the right, right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and, right. and so yeah, it's the conditioning side of it, hmm. and um, that's a responsibility for them to get in a program that um, that that addresses that mm-hmm. very much so hmm so, That's so Sandy, helpful. may
2: I just pipe in Absolutely. really quick? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Okay, I'm going to be ticked off with myself if I don't say this because <laughs> we don't get opportunities <laughs> to say this much. Um, but you had helped out with the ballet side of a program I was helping run at one point, and I remember we were in a big warehouse space. It was right before our show, and the studio was cold, and the dancers were doing oversplits. They all came in early ahead of time. And then I remember you walking in, and you're like, no, and you turned on the heat and you got everyone to sit down and you started slow and then worked them through like a really I, I beautiful warm up. You oh. did. It was eons ago. and But I was like a young teacher. I was still dancing myself and I was like, okay. And it like completely changed the way that I thought about teaching. I didn't need to be told. Yay. I just saw you. I saw you do it and I was like, okay, I needed that reminder to mm-hmm. then become that teacher that thought about their body first and mm-hmm. not like the outcome of what we were doing because it was like, Super stressful for me well, at that I'm, point. I'm absolutely
1: right? thrilled. Thank you for saying that yeah, because I, I, when we talked about legacy, that's that's, that's kind it, of what I Right
0: I there, yeah, yeah right there, there you go. <laughs> it's
1: really, really important to speak up. And yeah. um, I think that sometimes, as a young te- as young teachers, that's what going back to young teachers, um, mm-hmm. they don't know how to do that, um, or they're afraid to not get the job, or they're afraid that somebody's going to come. And I and I get that because I know that that that's happened to me. I've been dismissed, mm-hmm. or like I said, about age. Um, but it is important for you to. If if you feel it's not good for what you see, then you need to be able to um, have the confidence. And I and I understand that that comes from age and experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, now now that legacy for me is Danielle will be in that position. If she's in that mm-hmm. position, will be able to speak up. Um, yeah. And not it doesn't always happen because um, I do see that often. You know, when mm-hmm. I I see something and I just I. It's really hard when it's another class, of course, but when it's your class and you see them doing something they shouldn't do and I do call them on it or I just go quietly up and see. you don't have to make a big deal out of it. You just go quietly yeah. up and say that's, that's a little, but some, some dancers really, it's like anything, they just don't want to listen and that's fine. I mean, that's, but at least you said it.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and you I'll, just, I'll never forget it it was a great moment so, <laughs> thank you <laughs> I was love and concern whether that they take it that way is mm-hmm. I, I've always been very kind I've always been very generous I'm not a mean person um, so I feel I feel very confident in saying that I haven't hurt anybody's feelings I've always tried to be uh, clear, and if they take it, they take it, but it 's their responsibility to to realize where it 's coming from, and if they don't I, I, there's not really much i can I can do, but I do care have always cared for dancers and um and performers in general
0: hmm. yeah that's so wonderful, and you know Suzanne, our time is almost done here. Um, but you know, I feel like we need you on again because I think your wisdom in oh, this part one. Yeah, we'll call <laughs> yeah, part this part one. one. I like that because I part feel one. I feel like you know what what Danielle and I have been endeavoring to do is to change the conversation around mm. what we're doing with dance and dancers. And um, you know, one of our first um, conversations with Linda Arkalian was that. Um, You know, dancers get abused. They get abused by their trainers, by people who hire them for their companies. Um, And like you say, unless they learn to have a voice for themselves to, you know, to not be used and abused in their training programs, in their companies, um, is actually a really important thing. And they need advocates like you (laughs) who can help them to know Um, what is actually healthy for their bodies and what is healthy for them as people and what is healthy for them as career dancers and um, to start to change some of those conversations so that um, we are nurturing a a much healthier dance community and dance environment for Mm -hmm, everyone. mm -hmm. Um, So any last words? Any last words before we close Um, off? Um, You
1: asked me, uh, one of the questions you sent me, I only looked at the questions this morning because I don't like, I just like to be kind of off the cuff. But one of the things you asked was in one word, uh, there was a question, could you sum up my feelings in one word? And I literally thought, one word? And I class here. What, yeah. What was, what's the, the thing in your brain? One word. And, and, and I'm going to go with what first popped in my head, which is challenging. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because there's so many other words, rewarding and love and but whatever, but challenging because I think from the moment I stepped into this profession, it's been challenging. It's being a challenge. Um, I've challenged people mm. or I've been challenged. You know what I mean? The, the word sort of encompasses a whole area of it because it is so important um, to uh, to understand for longevity of the career um, and to be in it as long as I have been in it. Um, it takes a lot of um, self um, <laughs> uh Oh, I can't even think of the word now that I wanted earlier to to, to really feel uh, that I'm okay, mm-hmm. that what I have to say is 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 going to make a difference, mm-hmm. uh, because if not, then why do we do it? And 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 having this podcast and offering this, whether or not they take it or they don't take it at least it's there mm-hmm. and it's been put on the table and they can listen to it and they can perhaps get like i said make a couple of notes and go mm-hmm. come back to that later down, down the road and 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 feel that um, we all we've all made a difference
0: yeah
1: i think that's really important yeah. that we've all mm-hmm. made a difference and i'm I mean to, i'm taking away from this Danielle's comment thank you so much because sometimes i wonder <laughs> why I'm doing what I'm doing but um, and that's why that's why I've kind of backed away from teaching a lot of young dancers and gone more into working on myself now because I feel it's time for mm-hmm. me to have more of a career for me on this side but I still I still love having those uh, classes to work with and those people to see all the time. So, yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you so much oh, for having
0: me. Oh. It was a real pleasure. Well, a real treat to have you. And as I say, we'd mm-hmm. love to have you back because I think your wisdom is invaluable right now for mm-hmm. what we need for our young dancers and uh, what we're doing in this community. Um, do you have do you have a website or anything like that where people can connect with you or are you kind of uh, Yeah, I do have a website.
1: Uh it's www.suzannewillett.me. Okay. So how's that? Okay, right? Okay, that's so, great. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I'm on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, people will contact me. Um, I'm I'm very careful who I friend. I don't usually friend any students. Um, but if they want to send me a message, a private message. Um, I always will message them back. Uh, Same with parents. Um, Just to get an idea of uh, if they have questions or put them on to connect people together. Um, My website is basically about my dance photography or my choreography or my musical theater, my choreography um, and my own work that I do. Um, And uh, I usually have like little testimonials of people because that that always makes me giggle when people write (laughs) things about me that oh really Uh, so it's kind of fun (laughs) I like that um so yes they can contact me through there and um yeah I just hope everybody has a wonderful day
0: yeah thank you thank you and for those of you out there who are are wanting to check us uh, check on us, um, we are Voice of the Artist podcast, um, and we are functioning out of Bez Arts Hub, and you can see us at bezartshub.com. And otherwise, we will be back again in a couple weeks with a with a new interview e, um, and we do look forward to next time with you, Suzanne. Thank you. uh, I look forward to it too. Yeah. Good. Good. And thanks so much, Danielle. We will see you folks again next time. Take care. Thanks so much for joining us on Voice of the Artist Dance Edition. Voice of the Artist is a production of Bez Arts Hub and works in conjunction with many other dance organizations and studios. To respond to us or let us know what other topics you'd like us to cover email hello at bezartshub.com for more information about us go to bezartshub.com dance we'll see you next time